Welcome to Handkerchief Dynasty, the 19th best Edmonton Oilers podcast. I am the Secret Professor, joined by my good friend, the High Priest. Well, we didn't record after game one against the Flames. Uh, I mean, I think that's totally understandable. To be perfectly honest, my mind completely left my body in the first period of game two. So I'm still trying to get it back. I like literally could not handle watching the game, you know? Imagining the worst case scenario was too overwhelming. I think you had kind of faith from even before the puck drop in game two, though, right, High Priest? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't call it necessarily faith. I know that one game does not a series make. And in my eye, like the Flames played just as bad as the Oilers that game. The Flames gave up a four goal lead. And I don't know. It was just such a crazy game. Like neither team had anything to write home about after that game. I was pretty sure that the rest of the games weren't going to resemble that game. I'm not sure. It was a very, very strange game. Like the flames were winning that game six to two and then let the Oilers Mm -hmm. come back and then scored again, like a minute and a half after the Oilers had come all that way back to tie it at six. Like it didn't even feel like that. It wasn't your typical erase of four goal deficit game. It was very odd. So yeah, I wasn't, uh, you know, I said, I think we both said, maybe you said Oilers in six. I said Oilers in seven. So there's, you know, for the Oilers to win in seven, they're going to have to lose three of these games. So I'm kind of emotionally prepared for that. This is a series. You're not going to win every single game. It was pretty brutal, though. Rough Mm -hmm. start. And the game last night was uh, the start was just as bad, pretty much. But then, fortunately, they kind of got their shit together a lot quicker in that game. I mean, their their start on paper in terms of going down to nothing was bad. But in terms of like their overall start, it was a lot stronger. And their game overall was a lot stronger. Um, Yeah. They were really playing with a lot more attention to detail, really kind of dialing into like stick checking a lot more aggressively. You know, if they stick check from one side, can't, if it doesn't succeed, switch arms and wrap it around, you know, a lot of like anticipating hits and like hitting first, which I really like to see just great yeah. defensive effort from the entire team, because really we didn't mm. give Calgary that many great chances. They got like four or five the whole game. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, after the start, maybe like the first couple goals, like Boosh on that second goal was bad, bad, bad. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, better effort defensively, sure, yeah. And a stronger game. Something's going on with Markstrom. Like, 11 goals on 60 shots is incredibly bad. Uh, yeah, the Oilers have had his number for a while. I mean, he didn't. He had a bad save percentage against us uh, before this. I, I think the Flames are actually, if you watch the post games of, of their side, did you yeah. watch those? Like the, yeah, yeah, I did. Yes, Didn't, didn't I did. they seem like a little bit perturbed, slightly, you know, uh, like retching towards unmoored? There's definitely a few moments in those interviews where, you get the sense of just like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do against Connor McDavid? Uh, you know? totally, totally. What am I, what am I supposed to fucking do? Like a dejected kind of just like, <sighs> there was a, a post I saw today where, you know, Sidney Crosby won the Conn Smythe with 19 points over yeah. the whole playoffs and Connor already has 20. I know it's insane. And he's when the, the best whole... player in like 50 years. And he's oh like, he's taken over that series completely. 
like ever since game the last like 10 minutes of game five this has been like a brand new connor as far as i'm concerned like maybe not a brand new Mm. connor but a but a higher evolved like in a playoff a playoff evolution has occurred with connor mcdavid and he's like uh like a real you know like it's like a secret weapon it's crazy yeah and he's dragging not just that like he's his secret weapon like he's obviously putting up points and everything but he's also just like leading by example like dragging the team into the fight with him like it's impossible not to not to um up your game in every way when connor's playing like that i don't think like it's amazing he's really from a leadership standpoint he's really impressed me this postseason Mm. Mm. yeah for sure we're definitely seeing a very kind of important stage in his evolution you know it's when a player who's already the best in the world is pushing himself to be even better and better and i think you know developing a little bit of a different strategy for playoff hockey as well and kind of figuring more and more out um and then when the rest of the team is pulling on the rope and playing well defensively and playing aggressively and getting chances, you know, we've got way more depth than we did the previous two playoff. Uh, oh, years, yeah. You know, so that being said, I think the Calgary Flames have way more depth than we do. You know what I mean? That's like, probably true. If the Calgary Flames uh, can figure out a way to neutralize Connor McDavid, which I don't think they can. You know what I mean? Like, I'll also say that. I think that might be, like, impossible to do. But they're a very, very deep team. Like, top to bottom, way more depth than the Edmonton Oilers, I think. For the Edmonton Oilers to be successful, their top guys have to be playing, like, the best they can possibly play. And that's sort of what's been going on. Like, guys like Zach Hyman is playing amazing, dry on one leg, playing amazing. Uh, Vander Kane. I don't know. He's kind of quieted down after a more productive start. I thought. Yeah, I but he's of... still he's still helping the cause. I mean, even yeah, like a guy like Warren Fogel, he's not doing much, but he is getting like taking the puck into the zone and getting shots on net and getting a face yeah. off. You know, like Archibald definitely cooled off. Archibald got like only a handful of minutes. I think it's it's important for sure to see who's going, and you know, if an Archibald is going for a few games in the first round doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be going in the second round. And so we're seeing a, l- a little more reliance on, you know, your Hyman's and Canes and Yamamoto's. Yeah. Yamamoto is really. Oh my gosh. That guy. Amazing. Amazing. Well, he was like, uh, I mean, we always knew he was like a playoff guy, right? Like he, unfortunately in the past couple seasons, the Oilers were getting their asses kicked so soundly. And I think he never really, I've mentioned before how like in, previous playoff appearances like like really bad penalties you know like he couldn't really figure out the pace of his game or how to adapt his regular season game into the playoff game and he's completely done that now like he's got it figured out and he's such a such a difference maker you know oh he's amazing um it's lucky to have that guy oh we're so lucky to have that guy um it's interesting when you look at players like we've got several players on the roster right now who are, are kind of, you know, done the, like for their position, good at a little bit of everything, you know, like Hyman, he's one of the grittiest players I've ever seen, but he's also got tremendous skill and Yamamoto, same thing, even though he's really tiny, he's gritty and yeah. he's got tremendous skill. You look at a player like CC, 
he kind of is doing everything for us right now, you know? Yeah. And we're really lucky to have a lot of the players we have on this team at the moment. Even, you know, Keith had a fantastic game. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Huge game, huge game. You know, you look at like your Kulaks, um, Hyman yeah. was, I just got to keep on coming back to him because he was such a force, just like this so dogged. Run, he's been the most consistent player on the team. As far as I'm concerned, like from game one against LA to last night's game, He's been the one guy who has showed up every single game, I think. Like, he doesn't take games off. No, he really doesn't. I mean, he'll have ups and downs, but he's mostly been up pretty consistently for a while now. And I think Jay is a really good coach when it comes to responding and counterpunching, you know? It, he definitely seems to have an ability to... You know, the team comes back from a really brutal loss and they and he gives them one, just one or two things to kind of focus in on. And he's very detailed and he's very, you know, probably patient with his communication, I would imagine. Obviously, yeah. like his level of focus. I kind of think I kind of think we might have the coaching advantage in this series. I know? don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I don't Darryl know. Man. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't There's know a little either. bit of old school, new school. I mean, obviously. One, yeah, but let's one, not forget one of the, the two coaches has like a huge resume and whatnot, but the Calgary Flames won the division this year. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't just happen. It's true, but that's the regular season. It's a whole new world now. Yeah. I mean, they're, I they're a good I'm, team. I'm not, I mean, it's, say, I'm not willing to say that we have the coaching advantage over the Daryl Sutter like, coach. Well, for, for me, it's about like new school coaching versus old school mainly. We that's definitely have I'm, a new, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of making, I'm making an assumption based on that pretty much, which yeah. is obviously huge. You know, I have, it's nothing I can prove and probably like, I'm sure I'm in the minority in that opinion. I wanted to ask you though, along more interesting lines, do you think the Calgary Flames are playing really fucking dirty kind of like, like think, uh, sneaky dirty? I think that's what they do from what I've seen of the Calgary Flames all season, like that's their identity. That's what they've been like, you know, it's true. That's I, their I just, it, always, it always surprises me to a certain extent. Like what's it like as a fan? Do you just get kind of, you embrace it. You, ac- you acclimate Calgary, to it. Not just acclimate to it. Like, like root for it. Like that's their whole deal. Like the Calgary Flames are the antithesis of the Edmonton Oilers, right? Like they're, they're the dark side. The Oilers are the light side. It's just the way it is. So, like, as pure as the Oilers were in the 1980s, which isn't to say that they weren't also, like, dirty as hell, because they were. The Oilers were, like, could beat the shit out of you on the scoreboard and, like, up and down the ice with their fists. The Calgary Flames, like, were the team that didn't have all the offensive firepower, but were still just, like, tough as hell. And the fans took, like, great delight in like punishing our guys right and their whole identity over the years like that's what it is is we aren't the edmonton oilers like when the edmonton oilers in the 90s were were um, so motivated by being like almost like small and fast it felt like right like that was the whole deal like this is the fastest team you'll ever see the calgary flames were like doing the exact opposite thing and like, be, because the Oilers were that thing, they were like, okay, if they're that, we'll be like um, big and slow, you know, like we'll just like beat the shit out of them. They just can't lose to the Edmonton Oilers and they can't even be anything that the Edmonton Oilers represent. So mm. that's a long-winded answer, but I, I'm not surprised that they're playing. It's like, that's who they are. Like they're, 
I fucking like I hate the Calgary Flames. You know, I hate them. I hate <laughs> just that. like cross checks to heads, and you know the goalie got yeah. ran, which was total bullshit. Absolutely, like, they didn't even try and stop. No, well they're a dirty team, and like they. Even like Mark Giordano on Connor McDavid, like I'll never believe for a second that that was like, like accidental contact. Like there's no way. Yeah, Giordano man. knew exactly what he was doing. Giordano behaved like that in every game he played against the Edmonton Oilers, just like dirty as hell. Right? It's just that's that team's identity, and the Oilers so aren't that. Like that's they're the exact opposite. It's like. Really, whenever I think of the Emitonos and the Calgary Flames, it's always, and it has been since I was a little kid, it's always in terms of like uh, the Empire and the Rebel Alliance in my head. Like the Oilers are Luke Skywalker, um, Calgary Flames are Darth Vader. Like it's, it's such a clear connection. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I support that. Um, like the, I even tweeted it last game. Like the Calgary Flames are the perfect heel for the Edmonton Oilers, like baby face, you know what I mean? Like if it was wrestling, it's just so obvious. Like that's what makes it so good is that one team is the exact opposite of the other team. And it's going to be good. I mean, it's a huge challenge. Like they're a much better team than LA, you know, oh, which I think absolutely. is, I feel like in the first game, we kind of like downloaded the info, you know, like Neo learning how to do Kung Fu in the first matrix. Yeah. Possibly. And I feel like we're a little bit of a counterpunch team. Like we, we need a little bit of time to figure them out, but we, we, you know, we're like on, we're like the Andre Agassi of, of right now, I would say of the right. eight teams remaining. Isn't it kind of fucking amazing to be just in the final eight? Like what a feeling. Oh yeah. It really is. Like when you scroll through the schedule of games and there's like only eight teams there and you're one of those teams and you just sort of feel bad, like for so, so many fans in the NHL, like it's over, right? Like they're just kind of tangentially involved at this point but you and I are lucky enough to be like in the select upper echelon of teams that still have some skin in the game at this point, as we encroach on the summer months, it's like living the dream, right? Not only that in like a rivalry series, it's pretty great. Pretty great. And like um, coming off a win, like going into game three on home ice where the building in Edmonton, I'm sorry, is just like, you cannot compare the two buildings. Like Edmonton is so much louder than the Saddle Dome, eh? don't you think? Like on I TV, think so. like yeah. even and the Saddle Dome is a little like rinky dink. One of the it's like it's an old barn, right? Like it it's not this huge cavernous thing that um, Rogers Place is, and Rogers Place is still like <sighs> you can hear it on TV like a thousand times louder and loud throughout the game, like just the way Edmontonians and Calgarians um, kind of uh, interact with the game, almost mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's completely different. Like the Oilers are bands are chanting, let's go Oilers. Like yeah. when there's nothing else to chant about, that's what they're doing. It's like a default um, crowd noise during an Edmonton Oilers playoff game and during flames games. Like it's not like that, right? Like the, the play will be going on. And you won't be hearing anything really from the fans until uh, something happens. It can't even be a minor thing, but at Edmonton, all those games, it's like constant, like just a constant roar. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I have um, the same feeling for sure. I think like they're in, you know, I like their chances here. Like, why not? Why not think that they can get a series lead? Like, it'd be so great for them to to pull ahead 2-1 in a series against Calgary at home, like now's the time. 
They just need. Yeah. I, and I think like maybe the building will help with the start. I don't know. I mean, they know what to expect, right? There's kind of like no excuses. Did they win? Did the Oilers win um, game five in Edmonton? They won game two in Edmonton, right? Against LA. Yeah. Did they win game five in Edmonton? Uh, well, no, because we were down. No, they didn't. That no, was in the no. overtime game, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, I'm curious, as always, unfortunately, I'm curious to see how the Oilers will come out in game three and how the Flames will react to it. I mean, the Flames, I know what they're going to do, right? They're going to come out super fast and super strong and try to, like, kill the building. But I really suspect that the Oilers are going to be able to find the motivation to expect that and like really not want to let it happen. Like for the Oilers to be successful at home in the way I think they want to be successful, the home games, they have to like almost like the home games they've won, they've dominated almost the entire game, right? Like it's been like, there's just like, you felt that the other team didn't have a chance in those games. Like from the drop of the puck, the Oilers were just able to, um, get their foots on the neck of the opposition and, and keep it there the entire game. So I'll be interested to see how Calgary reacts to that sort of attempt. You know, it's going to be a great game, big yeah, game. Yeah. Last game was one of the best hockey games I've ever seen. Oh, totally. Like well, actually was, the next one's starting at a reasonable time too. Yeah, that's right. Six o'clock. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be great. Even, we, we could maybe record after. Or um, we could do it the next day either way. Yeah, maybe. I actually work. I'll be watching it again at work tomorrow night, which really isn't as much fun. I think that I'll be able to watch the Tuesday game at home with my whole crew. But uh, anyway, what do you think of, I'm sure you've heard uh, about the Miko Koskinen signing. Excuse me? Yeah, Miko Koskinen signed with a team in Switzerland for next season. Really already? Yeah. What the fuck is that about? It's a good question. It's a man. little bit of the the timing. The timing is pretty strange. Oh, it's a report though. It's just a report, so it could be like a rumor. In a I don't know, or man. I mean, that kind what? of stuff. Those rumors come out. I mean, whatever. I told you, he he doesn't want to stay, and he might probably doesn't even want to stay in the NHL, and I wouldn't blame you know, him. But it's a little bit weird to do is, that while the run is still going on. You know what else? Like the original source of this rumor. You know, like who I heard it from. I'm pretty sure it was Bob Hartley. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who coaches the ads, right? Uh, Isn't I don't it? Know. Isn't that uh, coach Bob Hartley? I should probably know. Because if it is. Uh, no, he's the current head coach of Avangard Omsk. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. he uh, He's Francophone. I, I remember Bob Hartley. Isn't he francophone? Yeah, right. No, the last time he coached the Avs. Who does coach the Avs? It's funny I, I thought I that. I have no idea. The last time he coached the Avs was in 2001. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's in that league, right? And I don't know. That's what he said. Oh, yeah, the Avalanche's coach is, of course, Jared Bednar, that guy. I mean, so, yeah, it's a anyway. little bit weird, but like we shouldn't even spend time talking about it. I mean, we uh, both know, know. Mike Smith is going to start every game for us, probably. But it is weird for a 
I mean, he didn't, he obviously hasn't signed. It's a rumor. So, you know, he didn't do it. We can't be mad. At I him. heard that he had signed is the report I read. I read it like from a couple sources today that he had signed with a team in Switzerland. As far anyway, as I know, it's a Twitter rumor at this point. Uh, I don't know. The guy I work with also heard it on the radio today. So if it's a rumor. Yeah, it's, it, it's a rumor. Reportedly. It's a report. All right. I'm just saying we better hope. And I mean, we are hoping for numerous reasons, but I'd like to add another reason onto the reason pile that Mike Smith uh, stays healthy, you know, because if mm. that sort of stuff is going on, I mean, it's true. It's true. No, I mean, we need him to stay healthy for sure. No question. I think Miko may have like, and like his performance when he came in for Mike Smith, I didn't know how I felt about that poll actually. Like yanking Mike Smith in that Calgary game, it could have gone either way. I mean, they obviously didn't like the you know the, they didn't make the same mistake under the similar circumstances the second time. I think that's kind of how what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to roll with them kind of no matter what. And Miko did not look good. No, like he let in six goals and they were all like trash. You know, like Miko looked not good. I mean, to be fair, the whole team played like trash and, and whatnot, I know but, but yeah. the whole team doesn't come under as heavy scrutiny when you know what I mean like it's funny when people say and I've said it too it's like the goalie played like trash and then someone will say like oh the whole team played like trash it's like yeah but the goalie was letting in like muffins like the goalie needed to stop those things like the whole team can play like trash and still win a game if the goalie plays good right if the goalie plays like trash it's like your last line of defense. Like you, it's it's completely different than the whole team playing like trash. Like you can't you can't um, really say that like the team played like trash or the goalie played like trash because the team played like trash. Like the team played like trash, independent of that statement. Also, the goalie played like complete trash. You know what I mean? Like sure. they're two separate things. You can't justify the play of the the other one. Um on what like the team did i don't think it's something we've done a lot as oilers fans but i think you're right i'm gonna i'm gonna concede the point you know um, what i'm saying i, I, totally I do it saying. too yeah. it's like just yeah. like and it's a natural thing to do but i don't know like a a bad team performance can still be salvaged if the goalie plays like well and miko just looked like he had just signed a contract in switzerland <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> well i mean like he has I'm like, not, I, I honestly think we're spending way too much time talking about the backup goalie right now because, like, yeah, I think it's Mike more Smith, about the Mike Smith really... is a forty-year-old goalie. Man. This well, is the sure, most he's like, ever played. This is the most it looked he's like, played. It looked like, he looked like his years. hand was hurt too. But like, I'm not honestly. My mind isn't even fully back in my body yet, so I can't even fucking think about Mike okay. Smith getting injured. Well, I like, guess my mind is is what I'm saying. It is. Yeah, clearly you're so. better than me. Yeah, you can handle the swings better. I was. I could. I was so. Like the prospect of Calgary winning game two and us being embarrassed and having this like defeat against Calgary hanging over us was just too much for my fragile psyche to bear. Yeah, but I mean, you said points. Edmonton at six, right? You, you're, you're conceding. I did, but, you know, like you make a prediction and then you, the games happen. I mean, I'm super, I think, I think they're playing way better right now. I think they've kind of figured out more of what they have to do to beat Calgary. I think Calgary's a little frustrated right now. Uh, Calgary's you know, a great hockey team, man. But like, they're really good. They're going to be a big test. The Calgary Flames are going to beat the Oilers here, like at least once over the next few games. Like, for sure. You know, 
emotionally prepare yourself for that because it's going to I will. happen. I will. And it could be in tragic fashion. It could also be super ugly. You know what I mean? Uh, this is the thing you do where you imagine the worst case scenario. So it's not overwhelming should and if it does occur. We just have to be prepared for it, right? It's like survival tactics. Like know how to handle that shit. What are you looking forward to? What are you curious about? What are you going to be keeping an eye on in game three, the first game in Edmonton in the series? Mm, I'm I'm really curious about how Markstrom performs because he's under like super heavy scrutiny right now. It was like this slow build of scrutiny after the game ended, like on Twitter and kind of in the media where like, <laughs> like 30 minutes after the game ended, people were like, what the fuck, what's going on with Markstrom? You know? And it's only, I, I feel like as though it has increased exponentially, like hourly since then, where the building's going to jump on him like super fast. Like he's in like Bronx cheer territory, right? Like how the oil, uh, Flames fans were giving it to Mike Smith. Like I'm curious as to where that goes. It, it really felt like last game Calgary wasn't as, I mean, I suppose they were still dirty, but to me, they seemed a lot more physical in the first game. Like their big guys weren't as mm. noisy in game two. I felt like mm. Luch and Kachuk seemed a lot quieter. Zadarov, yeah. a lot of players were taken out of the game. Um, Zadarov got made yeah. mincemeat out of. Like, well, Kachuk wasn't taken out of the game, and to me, he seemed like much quieter in that game. And Zadarov, um, he's like their top guy, isn't he? Did you notice him? Like, I, I mean, from my perspective. The second goal Connor scored right after the one got waved off. Yeah. Um, it looked like Zadarov was like literally trying to hit him in the face with a stick after he got beat. I mean, if you look oh. closely, it like he's just like whip. I mean, obviously, maybe he was trying to lift the stick, but I think I think he literally thought to himself, okay, he beat me. Yeah, I'm I wouldn't fucked, put it past hit him, him in the face. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. Luckily, it didn't work. What a goal, I mean, though. oh my gosh. Connor McDavid eviscerated Zadarov on that play, right? Like the way Zadarov tried to hit McDavid and like fell and like was left, like just kind of like on the ground collecting himself as Connor McDavid went on Zadarov. I think he was beat on, was he beat on the Hyman goal too? He was beat on the dry saddle goal. He had a rough game. He got posterized at mm, least twice yeah. in that game. It was great. Zadarov's like an extremely dirty player. I wish nothing but the absolute worst for him. Mm. I realize I feel the same way about several Calgary Flames. Of course, if yeah. they ever end up coming on our team, things will probably change. That's the kind of crazy agreement that we've all made. But it's a team that you can love to hate for sure, because I do think they play dirtier than the average. And I do think Absolutely. there's a little bit of a weird, I mean, I think it's partially maybe I have a little bit of antipathy for Calgary as well, but it's, that's obviously bullshit. I mean, whatever. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. Just the, like, it seems like, Calgary, there's like a cultural identity crisis there in some Absolutely. way, at least as I imagine. But you probably Absolutely. know more than more than me. Why don't you explain what I probably mean by that? Well, I mean, they didn't have Wayne. Can you imagine being that close to Wayne Gretzky and not having him? And like how what that must have done to the civic psyche? It must have been absolutely devastating, right? To watch your counterpart the city the capital city of the province that really had no business being the capital city like clearly you know so then you're constantly um trying to catch up right and trying to forge an identity that is something other than champion because that's what's going on north of you you know 
so you can't call yourself that so instead you have to call yourself like tough guy right like cow- cowboy tough guy and then you yeah just... but it's not an actual cowboy tough guy place it's much more of like a kind of super rich and then a completely yeah, ignored know, working but... class place like edmonton has a much more boisterous working class element i think to it i think that's one of the reasons why our arena, big reason why the arena yeah. is i'm not i'm not disparaging the calgary fans there's tons of great calgary calgarians and uh, flames fans i'm sure but that's kind of my gut feeling their culture their identity as a city i think is a complete front like it's a it's like a farce you know like it requires so much upkeep and like um dedication and it's so fragile like like if you beat the Calgary Flames, then they become like, you know, like what's a cowboy without, without being a cowboy, you know? What's a fake cowboy without all the accoutrements of being a fake cowboy? A joke, basically. A joke, right? Yeah. And But like cowboys are supposed to be hospitable and gregarious and magnanimous and polite. Yeah, I think they know? can be like also like outlaws, right? Like tough guys, like Bill, like Jesse James and like a gunfighter, you know? Even those ones have class, at least in, I'm talking about in the mythos. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Whatever. I, I mean, mean, there's uh, bad yeah. There's bad cowboys, right? There's the black hats. Oh, for I sure. think Calgary has always been, like, it's a black hat mentality. They're the black hats, we're little the bit. white hats. Yeah, a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, our feelings are in a, in a heightened state because we're in a playoff series with them right now. But uh, we love you, Calgarians. We love you, uh, Oilers fans in Calgary. We love all people, ultimately. We just uh, happen really. to wish sometimes that some people punched other people in the face. Yeah, the- I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, right now during the Battle of Alberta, I'm not willing to profess any, any sort of feelings of love for the city of Calgary. Not until this thing's over. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm sure you are too. Any uh, final thoughts or parting words for the faithful out there? Uh, no, not really. I mean, keep your Pepsis cold and in the fridge. I switched back. I had a Jaritos during game two uh, or game one. Interesting choice. And, uh, yeah, well, it was. I had one in game seven. So I went back to it and it didn't work. So I think that was just like a game seven special. So I went back to pepsi but the mexican in a bottle mexican pepsi as as it was like so i took a bit of like the game seven magic um mixed with pepsi and that seemed to be a winning formula a great pepsi so anyway keep your pepsis cold cereal bowl of snacks one cereal bowl of snacks per period stay clean have a shower before the game you want to go into it uh feeling your best look good feel good you'll watch the game good and then that creates like a positive energy right that um will reverberate throughout the city and propel the team onto great things this is my belief wise words as always my friend thank you so much um i'll uh talk to you tomorrow we'll see uh where we go from here hopefully onward to uh glory I'll let you know once my mind is back in my body. I think I've got like 60 to 70% already. So Yeah, I think you're like, you're almost, I'd say like 80%. Yeah, you could I be feel right. like it's, it's hard I to feel tell. Like with, yeah. It's hard to tell with the diminished mental capacity. All right, have a nice night. I'll uh, chat with you real soon and uh, take care. Okay, see you later, man. Bye-bye. Bye.